So I got a, an interesting text uh, indirectly from somebody yesterday uh, who said to me that the whole God thing and the whole heaven thing is all made up and that anyone with half a brain could see that. Now, so there you are. So I've decided I'm going to become a break dancer. And, uh, no, nah, I'm only joking. Um, so, and I just thought, see, what, see, it's interesting. It's interesting, 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 this whole thing. Like, uh, the whole heaven thing, so the whole God heaven thing, uh, it's all made up, and anyone with half a brain could see it. I beg to differ, to, just to make that clear. Um, I, I disagree. And I think what the issue is, the main issue, I think, with people who would have that kind of a position, <clears throat> so I think the whole thing is made up, the whole God thing, the whole heaven thing is made up, is if you only have half the picture, then it looks fairly ridiculous. I mean, you think of anything, right? If, imagine a half-built house. Imagine a house with a part of a foundation and a part of a roof and, you know, four windows when there are ten gaps in the wall. I mean, just, just, just ridiculous. Like, you know, it's not going to give you shelter. It's not going to give you warmth protection. And there's no decent foundation. The whole thing is going to sink and fall. You think of a car missing a door or two or an engine. You think of, you know, you think of any food, like <laughs> missing essential ingredients. The thing only works when you've got the full package. And if there are essential elements missing, <clears throat> the thing, like, I can imagine a guitar with no strings. I mean, just, I mean, anything, anything that's missing essential elements looks plain ridiculous. And that can be the issue, I think, with, with faith. If we have bits and pieces of the picture, but like no foundation and no kind of coherent uh, train of thought through the faith, then it, it very quickly looks ridiculous. I, I, I would agree with that. I would disagree <clears throat> that then, because of that, the whole thing is made up. I think the issue is making things up, actually. Rather than looking at what God has given us, rather than what, looking at what God has revealed, rather than looking at what the church teaches, the issue is people making stuff up. You know, uh, so then, <clears throat> so what's heaven? Ah, you know, sure, every, everybody goes there. Everybody goes there. So, I, Hitler and Stalin and all the boys, so up, just up there like everyone else. Oh, no, no, they're, they're not there. Okay, so where do they go? Uh, oh, they, they go to... It's interesting, we, we, we tease things out with people, right? The, the, the problems become quite apparent very, very quickly. So, <coughs> Manny would say, everybody goes to heaven. Okay, what about dictators and rapists? No, no, they don't. So where do they go? Oh, they go to... And they couldn't go to heaven because like, that wouldn't be right. So they go to, you know, probably like it's a hell. Oh, so it's a hell. Well, yes, I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, I suppose like, I mean, yeah, they can't be in heaven. So they go to hell. Oh, so who goes to hell? Oh, bad people. Right. How do we discern what's good and bad? Who's good and bad? How do we know? Oh, like, you know, it's, it's obvious. Like, I mean, people do bad stuff. They go, they're the ones who go to hell. Oh, aren't you? Okay. Well, who defines bad? Because, like, if I recycle, and I, every time I drink a Coke can, I carry it home, and I put it in the recycle bin, right? And the fact that the home I'm going to is my... I have two girlfriends at, at present. My wife doesn't know about either of them. <clears throat> but I bring my Coke can home, and I recycle it. I'm a good person. Uh, hang on, hold, hold on a second, hold on. Okay, it's good that you recycle... Mm -hmm. It is not good that you're committing adultery, kind of twice, which is, is anyway, okay. You know, so, 
it's interesting like the church never ever uses the, the distinction good person, bad person. It doesn't appear in the catechism. You are a good person if you are a bad person if. It looks at actions. So that's a good action, a bad action. So murder is wrong. But it's not like all murderers are evil. No, the action of murder is wrong. But a murderer could be a really good... <laughs> Gee, for some... Hold on. Really good at raising money for... <laughs> oh, no, hold on. Could be a really good neighbor. Right? Could really take... Could be a wonderful botanist. You know, and really like, take, take great care of their garden. Okay, so the good person, bad person. Well, murder kind of outweighs pruning trees well. But, you know, what I'm saying is, if you, if, if you take part of the picture, it just looks ridiculous. So there is a heaven, there is a hell, but who decides who goes there? Well, it's actually n not us, because every individual will say, well, I mean, I'm, I was justified in what I was doing. I mean, Hitler would say, I was justified in ridding the world of Jews or weak people or foreigners or whatever it was. I mean, he feels justified. So, hang on, maybe, maybe then the standard isn't given to us by us, otherwise... We have to mark our own test, and how does that go? You know, so maybe, maybe, hang on, maybe if, if, there's some, if there's something or someone else that kind of has a standard, and that's what we're supposed to be aiming to, aiming towards. But what's the standard? <coughs> and who sets it? And this is where, like, something absolutely essential to our faith comes in, which I think is all too often either contradicted or just plain ignored. And that is that God has revealed Himself. Like this, this changes everything. Because if God hasn't revealed himself, then we have to kind of make up all the bits and pieces that we don't understand and kind of fill in the gaps ourselves. Well, if we fill in the gaps ourselves, we'll fill in the gaps in a way that, uh, that, that, that agrees with our choices and our behavior and our lifestyle. But that's not how it works. God reveals himself and tells us how he wants us to live, tells us what he wants us to do, tells us what he wants us to avoid. And that, that changes everything. And to be honest, the person who said that person who said to me that he thinks that God in heaven, all that stuff is, is made up. I think the reason he said that is because he doesn't want there to be accountability for, for his actions. He doesn't want to have to be accountable to anyone. If God doesn't exist, I can do what I want. As long as I don't get caught, there's no problem. As long as no one kind of arrests me, I'm fine. And ultimately, I'm not responsible. Whereas if God does exist and there is a hell and, all, and judgment and all that kind of thing, then then suddenly I become responsible even for the things that no one catches me for. Everything that goes on in my own mind, my own desires, my own dishonesty, all, all, that, all that suddenly <clears throat> now becomes, becomes visible. It's brought out into the light by God. That's where today, today's blessed, blessed Carlo Acutis, very briefly, born in, in 1991 in London, but he's not English, uh, he's Italian. Uh, so he grew up in, grew up in Milan. And uh, uh, a very <coughs> interesting faith in that <clears throat> he developed a very profound faith, despite the fact that his parents didn't give it to him. His parents weren't necessarily, I mean, they're not saying bad people. Okay, remember, we don't use that distinction uh, here. But they, they weren't regularly practicing. Uh, but Carlo had this uh, a, a, profound, a very deep soul, evidently, and a very profound way of seeing life most, and most especially, a very keen understanding of the Eucharist, which is wonderful uh, for, for uh, a young man of his age. So, in his teenage years, 
he was diagnosed with leukemia. Now, that's going to give you a reality check, something serious, because suddenly you realise, I may not be around here for, for long. So, what's important? What, what, what is important that I do or not do? Where am I going? So, so, in a lot of his most famous quotations, he speaks about heaven. He speaks about where we're going, because uh, that's, that's where his heart was set. Uh, just reading here one of his quotations when he discovered that, that he was ill <clears throat> I offer all the suffering I have to the Lord for the Pope and the Church so leukemia is not a very pleasant thing so even in his teenage years there he is realising that he can offer his suffering for the Pope and for the Church uh, he has such a love for the Eucharist and again, a child of his age, born in 91. So uh, he built a website, a website to show all the, the Eucharistic miracles, the Eucharistic miracles around the world, so other people could see them. The website is still there. It's still, it's still visible today. You know, so just, like, he wants people to see like, that there are supernatural phenomena here. Like, look at this. Like, think about it. Reasonably look at it and try and understand it. If this stuff is real, it means the Eucharist really is Jesus' body and blood. And that changes everything. Then, then the Mass suddenly becomes so much more important. As he said, the more often we receive the Eucharist, the more we will become like Jesus, so that on this earth we will have a foretaste of heaven. Every day I live in Holy Communion as a constant dialogue with Jesus, who is my authentic hope profound little soul. The Eucharist is my highway to heaven. So every time he would receive the Eucharist, he's thinking of ultimately where he hopes to go, heaven. So you see how when you see the full picture, it, it, it all starts to make sense, right? So, so God calls us to a certain way of life. God reveals himself to us, most especially in Jesus. Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, gives us the Eucharist, gives us the grace that we need to live a virtuous life in order that we choose heaven and spend all eternity there. I think it makes perfect sense. Makes sense to me. <coughs> uh, to always be close to Jesus, that is my life's plan. I am happy to die <coughs> because I have lived my life without wasting even a minute of it, doing things that wouldn't have pleased God. How many of us could say that? Ever, now, obviously, it's before the invention of Snapchat and InstaFace. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, to, to always be close to Jesus, that's my life's plan. I'm happy to die because I've lived my life without wasting even a minute of it, doing things that wouldn't have pleased God. What a profound little soul he was. Our aim has to be the infinite and not the finite. The infinite is our homeland. We have always been expected in heaven. Carlo died at 15 in 2006, and he was beatified in 2020. At 15, he had this profound wisdom uh, of, of the most important things in life, how we're called to live and ultimately <clears throat> where the Lord has created us to be. He understood those, those most important things, so how, how, how we're called to live, the, the moral life, then ultimately 
where God wants us to be, what the, what the point of everything is. He understood that at 15. Many people who have degrees and all sorts of qualifications, more than him, don't necessarily get that yet. So we prayed through Carlos, blessed Carlos, uh, intercession and prayers. We pray for a renewal of the church, pray for a renewal of our understanding and our belief in the Eucharist. Pray for a renewal of, of the hearts of the faithful who don't necessarily believe in the Eucharist anymore, don't believe in God's self-revelation anymore, don't believe in heaven anymore. We pray, Lord, for a renewal of the faith that all might return to you and discover you as the way, the truth, and the life. Amen.